Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Just yesterday on the plane, I, me and Beck sat on the plane, and we got talking to the guy beside us, and, and he, he's a, he used to be a radio guy in Sydney, and very famous guy, and he, he's done all these different things. He told us all his stories, and, and told us all about his sicknesses, and all the rest, and at the end of the flight, we were able to pray for him. Just ask God's power to come into his life. See, it's interesting when you have an expectation each day that God's going to use you. It's interesting when you say each day, God, I'm not here just for myself, but I'm, I'm here for you. That young man, well, not young man, but that, that man, as he hopped off the plane yesterday, he was impacted not by Grant and Beck, but by Jesus Christ. See, if we don't have an expectation, if we expect God to do nothing, then nothing will happen. But if we expect God to do something, we can see great things happen in this city. So I really believe this, that our expectation shouldn't be found in man, in leader or a vision, but it should be found in God. We should find it's great to have a vision. It's great to follow leaders. It's great to, to, to have mentors in our lives. But when our expectation is found in them, we'll always fall short because we're human. But we must find our expectation in the Word of God. You know, what are you expecting God to do through this city church? What do you expect? Is this just going to be a Christianity box that we tick every Sunday? Or is this actually going to be a house of transformation? Is this actually going to be a house that equips people? Is this actually going to be a house that activates people's callings? Is this going to be a house that sends people out into this world to see more and more people one to Jesus? I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. But see, we've got to understand this, that we might ask or think. For a lot of us, we don't ask and we don't think. See, God wants to do more, but we go, oh, yeah, no, we're not good. We don't want to ask. We don't want to think. It takes too much time. No, 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 no. If we ask and if we think and we say, God, come on, do something great in our lives, He wants to give us more. I really believe that our expectation should line up with our destination. So I believe God has a significant, significant call on our family to see souls saved, people set free, and people healed. But if I just sit at home and do nothing about it, then I'll never get to the destination Christ has for me. But every day we hop up, we pray. Every day I, I, I'll read the Bible. Every day I'll try to stretch myself a little further, step out of the comfort zone a little more, because I'm going towards the destination that Christ has for me. You know, back in the, the year... 2011, my wife became pregnant with our, our second daughter, Abby. And at 18 weeks, I was working on flood houses in Grantham. Our church back then was rebuilding houses and helping the community out. And get this phone call from Beck. Hey, Grant, you need to come to the hospital. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. What's happening? She goes, oh, just come to the hospital. I'll explain when you get there. I get to the hospital to find out that Beck's waters had broken. And her body had started contracting. And everything had started kicking into gear. And we sat in the specialist office and they said, there's no hope for you. I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. There's, there's no operation. There's no medication. There's nothing that we can do for you. The only thing we can advise is you go sit, get checked into the hospital. You're on bed rest. If we can get to 24 weeks, we can help you. At first, fear gripped our hearts. 
at first we were unsure what was going to happen. At first we were like, what's going on here? And, and, and as we left that office that day, the Holy Spirit whispered to us, Psalm 118 verse 17, and it says this, I will not die instead. I will live to tell what the Lord has done. I will not die Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. And you know how amazing that was to our heart and our lives? We held on to that scripture every single day. We prayed over my wife every single day. We spoke that scripture over Abby. And you know what? Five months bed rest. Got all the way to 38 weeks and they said, you know what? You've sat on your back long enough. Let's get that thing out of you. But at 38 weeks, they were surprised. But we weren't. Because we had an expectation that wasn't found in their report, but was found in this report, the Word of God. You know, how do you walk into work each day? How do you walk into your school each day? How do you walk into your family dinner every week? How do you walk into your friend's place, into the shops? How do you walk into church on a weekend? Do you think we're just coming here to get nice and warm and get a free coffee? No, 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 we got to expect that people will get saved. we got to expect that people will get healed. we got to expect that this place will become a place of restoration, that people's lives will be totally transformed, not by what we do up here, but what God does in their heart in Jesus' name. You know, Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah, as I was praying this morning, got up at 4.30 and stepped out into the balcony and quickly stepped back in. It was freezing. <laughs> just so I, I, I spent enough time out there just to do a quick Instagram video and quickly step back in. <laughs> but as I was praying this morning, I just believe that there's a new tide coming in for this church. There's a new high-level mark and there's a new king tide of souls, salvation and restoration. And it's been something that you've been working towards for many, many years. And the last five and a half years has been a preparation time for what's about to happen. You know, I just believe over the next 12 months that you'll need to add another service in the morning because this city, this town, this suburb is going to be touched by the power of God in Jesus' name. And just, just church, just, you know, sometimes when, when, when new seasons happen, we have to add more services on. Sometimes we can go, oh, man, really? Instead of going, oh, really? You know that, oh, well, I have to serve twice on a Sunday morning. Let's be like, oh, really? God is awesome. I can't wait for a third service. I can't wait for a fourth service. I can't wait for a bigger building in Jesus' name. See, today you may look at me and say, yeah, Grant, it's, it's all easy for you to say and talk about expectations. Have a look at you. You have the nice jeans, the good shirt, the good jacket, the pretty face, and the beautiful wife. Thank you for noticing. But I'm here to tell you today, I don't have it all together. But I just know the one who does. And that is Jesus Christ. See, each day we get to choose what to do with our brokenness. I'm a broken man. But every morning I wake up, I pick up my brokenness. Instead of giving it to a relationship, giving it to work, giving it to social media, giving it to this world, I decide to give it to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when I give my brokenness to Him, He puts me back together and says, Grant, let's go for it again. So you've got to understand, on July the 4th, 1989, I went to school and did what I always did, got detention. And here I was, I was at school, and in the afternoon, my mum always picked me up from the front of the school. And if you ever meet my mum, she is never late. Like when we have her for dinner, we tell her to come at 8 p.m. at night, 
knowing she'll be there at 6 p.m. Like, like she is just never late. And I get to the front of the school and my mum's not there. As a 10-year-old boy, I started to worry. Five, 10, 15 minutes went on. I, I, I was a mess. Then all of a sudden, a teacher came down and said, hey, Grant, your mum's been held up, but your next door neighbor's going to pick you up. So I cleared away the tears and went up to the office. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but have you ever walked into a moment in time, into a conversation, into a situation, and you know that there's something wrong? You know, as I hopped in the front seat of my neighbor's car that day, I knew that there was something wrong. Drove all the way home to our house at Rochdale South in this little cul-de-sac, and as I pulled in, there was cars all over our lawn, all over our road, and I walk in to find out that my father had had a heart attack and passed away. You know, as a 10-year-old boy, I blamed God. As a 10-year-old boy, I blamed my mum, I blamed my brothers, and I blamed this world for taking my father away. And after about three weeks of just non-stop crying, I, I said, this hurt, this pain's not going to touch me anymore. And I pushed those feelings down so deep down inside my soul that I wiped all memory of my father. And by the time I got to 12, I was smoking a pack of cigarettes every afternoon. By the time I got to 13, I was high most afternoons of the week on marijuana. By the time I got to 14, I was drinking so much that I'd wake up in my own vomit on the weekends. I just passed, and, and, and by the time I got to 15, I was in the illicit drug scene where I was sharing needles with my friends. See, today you're looking at a man whose highest grading is year nine. Totally lost, not knowing where I was going in life until the age of 22. When I walked out into a park one day, totally lost, totally broken, I fell to my knees and I said, God, if you were real, you need to do something in my life. That's how elegant the prayer was. And as I prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit fell upon me. I thought I was having a nervous breakdown because for about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I could not stop crying. You know, today I would love to show you a photo of what I looked like in the year 2000. Here I was as a 21-year-old man with the beanie on there, 55 kilos, lost, broken, daily user, not knowing what to do with my life. But you know what? On Good Friday, 2001, there was this church called Liberty Christian Church in Logan City that opened their doors, where I sat in the back row, a drug addict, alcoholic, totally lost, totally broken. And I moved from the back row all the way to the altar at the end of the service to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And in a moment, I was totally healed and set free. So you need to understand this today. That church was planted in 1981 by a man by the name of Steve Penny. But they didn't plan a church to tick a Christianity box. They planned a church with an expectation that they were going to transform a city. They, they, they planned a church with an expectation that people would get saved and set free. They planned a church with an expectation that Logan City would never be the same again. And I want to encourage us today, we're not here to tick a Christianity box, but we need to have a fresh expectation that God wants to move with power, that God wants to move with signs and wonders, that God wants to move with grace, that God wants to move with healing in Jesus' name. So you need to understand, Job lost everything, but never lost hope in his Creator. Moses walked around the wilderness for 40 years, but never lost sight of the promised land. Samson, even though he was anointed by God, lost his, all his power, but asked God, give me strength one more time, Lord, so I can take my enemies out. So I just believe today we need a fresh expectation with inside our hearts. You know, this city is one touch away from revival. You know the whole reason 
that I'm here today is because of a young lady back in the year 2001. She had an expectation that God was going to use her. And I may not have been chasing Jesus when I followed her to church. I was definitely chasing her. (laughs) But Jesus had different plans. And he totally changed my life and set me free. But you know that young lady's name is Beck. And she's sitting on the front row here today. She didn't see a drug addict alcoholic. She saw a broken man that needed Jesus. You know, sometimes we get turned off from the outside appearance of people. But we need to have an expectation that God has called us and anointed us in Jesus' name. I love the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. Here here is God. He says he picks up, the Spirit of the Lord picks up Ezekiel and takes him out to the valley of dry bones. And here they are walking through this valley of dry bones. And God continues to speak to him and says, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel keeps saying, only you alone know. And five times through this scripture, the Lord says, breath. But see, you need to understand that the Hebrew word for breath is spirit. And his spirit that was in Ezekiel 37 is here today. His spirit that was alive in the Old Testament, his spirit that was alive in the New Testament, his spirit that was there yesterday, that is here today and that will be there tomorrow, wants to heal and set people's lives free in Jesus' name. And today God wants to breathe afresh into your life, church. See, the breath of God and the life of God was breathed into man in Genesis 2 verse 7. It was breathed into the Word of God in 2 Timothy 3.16. And it was breathed upon the disciples in John 20 verse 22. And today, at Activate Church on June the 17th. He wants to breathe afresh into your life. So how do we live with expectation in our hearts? The first thing that we must do is we must walk with expectation. See, here is Ezekiel. Gets dropped in the valley of dry bones. He, he, He had a choice whether he could walk around with the authority Christ had given him, God had given him, or he could walk around in fear. See, we have all been given authority from heaven. When we're saved and set free, we have authority from heaven. He has given it to us, but do we walk in it, church? Or do we walk in apathy? No, let's walk in the authority Christ has given us. See, we need to understand today there is difference between arrogance and authority. See, arrogance is all about how good I am. Arrogance is how great I am. Arrogance is, oh man, what can I do? But authority is all about Jesus Christ. It's about what He can do. It's all about Him. It's pointing people to Jesus. You know, many years ago, me and my wife were at one of our properties in Daisy Hill and we're sitting on this little veranda having a cup of tea and just sitting there having a chat. And then I saw about these five birds just keep going down into the ground along the front fence line. I'm like, oh, what's going on there? And I, I stand to my feet and I look across the front lawn. As I look across the front lawn, I see this snake. And there's an excitement. I go, oh, awesome, it's a snake. And, and once I said snake, I heard the front door closed. I heard the deadlock go on. I heard all the windows shut. And I turn around and go, where's Beck gone? She was like, out of there. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to be the man. Beck's watching. 
I walk down off the veranda. I start walking out. I go past the garage and I grab the shovel and, and, and the rake and the spirit of Steve Irwin came upon me. And as I'm walking out towards this snake, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this guy down. This is my day. Here we go. I had an expectation in my heart. But see, you need to understand as I got close towards the snake, he sort of turned around towards me. He didn't fully turn, but he just sort of did a little look at me. I don't know about you, if if you've caught a snake before, congratulations. (laughs) I still haven't. And um, as the snake turned to me, I did the half step. I sort of went, oh, what's going on here? See, you've got to understand this today. Who's ever felt God speak to them and say, go talk to that person about Jesus? You're like, yep, here we go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to go this way now. <laughs> like if, if we're honest here today, who has done that before? We've all done that. You know, God has spoken us to go pray for someone. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to pray in the corner for a second. Lord, just bless me. Lord, be with me. Anoint me. And you go over and you talk about the, the paper and the, and the printer. It's talking about Jesus Christ. See, it all happens. And see, the enemy is waiting for us. To do the half step. He is waiting for us to go, oh, I don't know if you can do that, God. And once we do the half step, he will attack us. See, the Bible says, John chapter 10, verse 10, what's it say? The thief's purpose is to come kill, steal and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus's purpose, God's purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. You know that day that I did the half step with the snake? Before I knew it, the snake turned around and came straight at me. Within about half a second, I was on top of the car in the carport. I was throwing the shovel. I was throwing the rake. I was pulling the palm fronds off and saying, what now, snake? What now? You can't touch me. I was there for about three or four hours. But see, today, we need to walk with a fresh expectation that God has called us, that he's anointed us, that he has chosen us for such a time as this. See, we need to understand that he is the king who saves. He is the king that heals. He is the king that restores. He is the king that binds together the brokenhearted. He is the king that forgives. He is the king that broke the power of sin off our lives. He is the king that breaks all curses, breaks all strongholds. He heals all pains. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the savior to this world and to our lives. He is the redeemer, the provider, the protector. He is the Messiah, the way, the truth, and the life in in John 14, 6. He is the word of God, the lamb of God, the bread of life. He is the shelter, our strong tower, our strength, our hope our future and he is the lover of our souls church so we must walk with a fresh expectation that he wants to use us now in the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 and 20 says Jesus came and told his disciples I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples in all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even till the end of age. I've been given all authority. Therefore, go and sit. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, therefore, go. And for some of us here today, going is actually just going to our next door neighbor and telling them that Jesus loves them. For some of us here today, going is just walking across the classroom. For some of us here today, going is just walking across the office. For some of us here today, going is going across to the other side of the world to preach the gospel. But they are as as important as each other. We must walk with an expectation that He has called us. Secondly today is we must talk 
with expectation. We must walk and we must talk. You know, when our talk matches up with the Spirit of God, anything can be revived. Anything can be revived. You know, if you get to know me over a period of time, my favorite sayings when people ask me how I'm going, I'm either living the dream, fantastic, or awesome. They're just my sayings, but do you want me to be honest with you today, church? I'm not always awesome. I'm not always living the dream. I'm not always brilliant. I'm not always excellent. But you know what? I decide to frame my world with the words that I speak. Even though sometimes I have a bad day, do you know who knows about it when I have a bad day? God obviously knows about it because I tell him. But then my wife, my mentors and my pastors, Facebook will never know about it. Instagram will never know about it. Why? Because I'm framing my world with the words that I speak. If you have a look at book in Genesis, here is God. What does he do? He framed the world with the words that he spoke. Let there be light. There was light. Let there be water. There was water. Let there be land. There was land. He didn't just sit there and write it out, but he spoke it into being. And I want to encourage us today. See, some people will continue to say, that's just positive speech. You can call it positive speech, but I call it faith speech. You know what? It's not just positivity, but it's putting my faith in Jesus Christ to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what my circumstances say, because I'm going to rely on you today, Jesus. Talk with the expectation. I love what it says in verse 3. Of Ezekiel 37, it says this, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You know, sometimes we can't just sit on our situation, but we need to speak into that situation. Sometimes we need to prophesy into that situation. Sometimes we need to prophesy into those relationships. Sometimes we need to stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm not going to listen to those other voices, but I'm going to prophesy the Spirit of God upon what is happening in my life in Jesus' name. You know, today, His Spirit is here and He wants to breathe afresh over your speech. We must walk. We must talk. We must dream with expectation. Book of Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says, In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. See, church, it's time to dream again. So I get asked this question a lot when I go preach around the place, and some people will ask me, Hey, Grant, when do you think the last days are coming? And I just continue to say to people, you know, when we get focused on the last days, we forget about today. And if we just focus on when the last days are coming, we forget about what we can do today for Jesus. And I just want to dream afresh today to see people saved and set free. You know what? The greatest, the greatest, we must dream afresh that this city will be saved. We, we must dream afresh that this place will be filled with people. We must dream afresh that on Sunday mornings that the altars would be filled with people saying yes to Jesus. We must dream afresh that, that bodies would be healed, lives would be set free. We must dream afresh that our youth ministry here will expand and explode, that the young adults ministry will grow, that, that the families ministry will grow. We must dream afresh that this building will not be big enough. We must dream afresh that God wants to use us in Jesus' name. See, the best churches have not been planted yet, even though you're a part of one of the greatest churches in the world. The best churches still haven't been planted. 
The greatest youth pastor still hasn't even stepped into the role yet, even though I was a phenomenal youth pastor, me and my wife. We were one of the best. The greatest worship song, even though shout to the Lord how good it is and how many people that it's reached and is actually before my time. All I know is shout to the Lord. Yeah, anyway, we won't sing today. But shout to the Lord, great song, but the greatest worship song still hasn't been written. Even though Reinhard Bonnke in his ministry has seen over 75, and I'm not just saying hands in the air, I'm saying recorded decisions. 75 million people have got saved through his ministry. But I'm telling you today, the greatest outreach still hasn't been done yet. And we must dream afresh in Jesus' name. We need to dream for more, believe for more, ask for more. You know, sometimes the the greatest hindrance to our lives when it comes to dreaming is disappointment. If we're going to be honest here today, who's ever been disappointed before? We all have, haven't we? At some stage in our life, we've been disappointed through things that have happened. But I want to encourage us today that we must move from disappointment. We must move back to dreaming. And seeing God do something fresh with inside our lives. We must walk, must talk, we must dream. And lastly, we must listen with expectation. You know, today, when was the last time that you turned off your iPhone, your iPad, and your iBrain and decided to listen to God? You know, regularly, I will go away for for a night and I'll go somewhere where there's no phone reception. And I'll take a little swag and I'll sleep out and I'll take my Bible and I'll take a little fire pit and I'll just sit there for 24 hours, just me and Jesus. Because I want him to speak and renew and refresh my life and my heart. You know, both times God spoke to Ezekiel in this scripture, he didn't just sit on what God said. He listened, then he spoke. Psalm 40 verse 1 to 3, one of my favorite scriptures. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mirror. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed and they will put their trust in the Lord. How awesome is that? But I waited patiently. You know, sometimes when people come talk to us about different situations, as Christians, we can be so quick to come back to them. Oh, you need to read the Bible. You need to get your life right with Christ. You need to do this, 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 and this. But you know, this world isn't just looking for someone to tell them what to do. This world is looking for someone that will care for them. That will say, you know what? That situation, that's horrible. My wife is unbelievable. She, She is the best at this. See, I'm a typical evangelist that I'll go into a cafe, I'll go anywhere for lunch, and then I'll let the people know about Jesus, I'll pray for them, and and Beck will sit there and go, man, how do you do that? But then I'll go out with Beck and I'll sit with her. We were at a cafe not long ago and literally like, oh yeah, let's have a date, just you and me, this will be awesome. We sat down. I had one sip of my latte. And then before I knew it, Beck is talking to the lady beside us at the table. And like when I sat down, I was like, oh yeah, we can get lunch, we can have a coffee, we can go see a movie, we can do a bit of shopping. Four hours later, I'm still sitting at this cafe. 
But Beck's been able to share Jesus with her. Why? Because she took the time to say, you know what? I'm not just going to quickly give her what she needs, but I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to hear what her problems are. I'm going to pray with her and see her get impacted by the love of Christ. You know, you might find this really hard to believe, but, you know, when Beck and I fight, we, we, we have good arguments. We have good disagreements. And it's usually always my fault. <laughs> but see, once we finish the disagreement, I'm so quick to say sorry. And Beck is so quick to say, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> because see, the truth is, I move on from things really quickly. I'm like, yeah, cool, okay, let's go, let's keep going. Yeah, sorry about that, all right, next conversation. But Beck needs time to process, to figure out what's happened, to go, okay, cool, how can we make sure that doesn't happen again? But see, we need to make sure that we wait and that we listen in Jesus' name. You know, today, are you listening for Jesus or are you listening to what this world wants you to do? You know, we get so many mixed messages in this world, in our hearts, in our spirits, because there is a tug between what the world says and what his word says. If it takes a little bit longer to hear from the word, it takes a little bit longer. I am the most impatient person that you'll ever meet. But I'm learning very slowly to be patient and wait for Jesus to speak. You know, in just a moment, I want to show you a video of our daughter, Riley. About five years ago, she uh, suffered uh, some horrific burns to her arms. And... Uh, I still remember getting the phone call from Beck. I was at a leadership meeting that night and there was a couple of hundred people there. And I get this phone call from Beck and I'm like, oh, she just wants to know what time I'm going to be home. And I put the phone back in my pocket. She calls again straight away. And I'm like, she really wants to know what time I'm going to be home. And I put the phone back in my pocket again. I'm a slow learner. Third time she rings, I think, okay, cool. I better go outside. And I, I walk outside to, to get a phone call from my wife to say, oh, Riley severely burnt herself. We're on the way to, to the RBH, the burn specialist in Queensland, to, to see what they can do. We're in the ambulance right now. And I was like, okay, cool, babe. I understand. But I want you to know this. Whatever happens, whatever situation is going on right now, God is going to heal that little girl. And we held tight to that. Because we listened to this. He is a healer. He is a redeemer. He saves and set free. You know, today you might have been waiting for your healing for 40 years. I want to encourage you, just wait 40 years and one more day. Just continue to believe every single day. It's a brand new day that he wants to heal and set you free. If we could put that video up, that would be great. Thank you. Hello, my name's Riley, and this is my mum, Beth. <laughs> At the end of June, Riley was admitted to the RBH for third-degree burns. Um... I was trying to open the cupboard and a vegetable steamer fell on me. It was really hot. It hurted a lot. Instincts took over and I just pushed her in the shower. I remember looking down at her hands and her nails were all completely white and curled up because they'd been like melted almost. I'm barely holding myself together at that stage. And um, It was a circumferential burn, meaning it went all the way around her um, arm and her wrist. They kind of just prepared me that this could impair her hand function. 
she really likes um, drawing and colouring at the moment. Yeah. And she looked at me and with the bandages on the next day, she was really sad. I was really sad that I couldn't do it right. I'm so thankful for the support that we got from all the people at Hope Centre. Yeah, the church um, was praying for us constantly. On that day 10, they said, look, it's still looking um, pretty bad. And they had prepped me to do a skin graft. And then they had to eat their words because as soon as the bandages came off, they were like, oh my goodness, like it's actually dry. It's healed. It's a complete miracle. It made me really happy that I could do everything again. God healed my arms because God really cares about me. From her mouth, God heals my arms because God really cares about me. Now in the book of John chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. So whoever shall believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. And sometimes we forget to read verse 17 because verse 17 says that Jesus didn't come to condemn us. But he came to set us free. You know for some people here today Jesus has been knocking on trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.